place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow What's up? How you doing? This is Chris Latore. You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 64, covering July 20th, New Comic Book Day. That's right. And let me tell you, it is packed to the brim, full of comic book fun stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) This is Chris Latore. I'm your humble host of this Sunspots Comics Podcast. Thanks for joining in the fun. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. That's right. Thank you so much to my friend Nick Papa George for our fantastic Sunspots Comics theme song. Please follow him on Facebook.com slash PopDs and Instagram at PopDs. Thank you also to my son, Jables Justin at JustLAKings for his awesome work. On our blog for Sunspots Comics. Check it out at blog.sunspots.com. The latest blog from Justin is his breakdown of his top five favorite Marvel movies so far. So check it out, blog.sunspotscomics.com. So let's jump right into Podcast 64, right off the bat with some things just flying around in my nerd brain. So Thursday, there was the Barnes & Noble Get Pop Cultured. DC Comics Day, and it was pretty cool. There were like giveaways, trivia, coloring contests for the kids, a bunch of little activities, and there was even like buy one, get one collections, DC comic collections, which is kind of nice. I actually picked up the special edition DC Comics Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad, number one special edition Barnes & Noble exclusive. Very cool, and it's mostly done by the artist Jim Lee. Mr. DC himself. And then there was sort of a midway break where you see a cartoonier style of DC Comics, which is kind of fun and very cool that it was free. Also with like a poster and like this little mini preview guide of a bunch of DC comic collections that are coming out. Kind of cool. So I really enjoyed that. Way to go, Barnes & Noble. This is the second year of it, and I hope they keep that going. It's called Pop Cultured. Get Pop Cultured. Very cool. And uh, DC's The Batman, The Killing Joke was uh, just released in, uh, the animated feature was just released in limited theaters across the globe, and I went and saw it yesterday, so it's fresh on my mind Monday, which is very cool. I tell you, I'm not a big fan of all the DC animated features, which uh, I've probably seen every single one of them. They're they're mostly goods. I, I don't have a... A short list of greats, but this was almost there, I would say. I kind of want to see it again because the volume was very low. But there was a cool documentary at the beginning with Mark Hamill who goes all the way back to Star Wars and then leap forward to 1992 with his work on the Batman animated series of the Joker. And there was even a short documentary afterwards about the making of the orchestration, which is some cool, just great little bonuses, I thought. The movie itself, like I said, um, a solid good I I am going to see it again before I decide if it's a buy or not. And like I said, the volume was very low. So voice acting was solid. Uh, There were some moments of laughter and gasping to where the volume was so low that I couldn't hear what was said after that. So I do have to just see it again. 
And uh, I tell you, Mark Hamill as the Joker is always great. He is consistent. He's creepy. He's a lot of fun. He just really dug into it this time. It to me, it sounds like just some renewed spark energy, sparked energy from Mark Hamill. So I thought it really stood out his performance there. So very, very cool. Go see it. Go buy it. Batman: The Killing Joke animated series definitely rated R. Just felt it and felt appropriate. Not necessarily forced. It just had a very adult tone theme and uh, craziness at moments. And oh, other thing too, the Academy Awards of comic books, the Eisner Awards just hit the San Diego Comic-Con, and I didn't go to San Diego Comic-Con this year, but I'm going to just about every other one from Long Beach Comic Expo, Long Beach Comic-Con, Kamikaze Con, and even possibly Rose City Con in Oregon. Still kind of work that out, working that out, but we'll see. But... I wanted to point out and uh, give props and highlight a couple of three or four artists, um, icons in the business that have won some Eisner Awards at the San Diego Comic-Con that were just recently announced. These are for Image Comics specifically, but these are some, some folks that I constantly buy and read their work. So the first one was Jodi Bel- Belair. And she won Best Coloring for her work on every comic there is. <laughs> In image, pretty much. Autumn Lands, Injection, Plutonia, Pretty Deadly, The Surface, They're Not Like Us, Zero, to name a few. <laughs> so Jordi Belair, definitely a force to be reckoned with in the realm of coloring comics. She's just so skilled. She has such an interesting, unique palette and textured sort of process. It's gorgeous. So congratulations to Jordi Belair. Second, Cliff Chang. He won the Eisner for Best Penciler, Inkler, Inkler, Inker, (laughs) for his work on Paper Girls, written by Brian K. Vaughn. So, beautiful work there. Clean Edges, with a cartoony style, yet retro. Very cool. Cliff Chang, congratulations on your Eisner there for Best Penciler and Inker. And Best Painter, Multimedia Artist, went to Dustin Wynn. Hello, Dustin. And uh, I'm so proud and happy for him that he won it on Descender. I've been preaching it for a long time. Just his 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 sort of watercoloring effect that he has there. It's gorgeous. His minimal paint and penciling style, which is just very cool and unique. Congratulations, Dustin Wynn. Fantastic. I will be a fan forever. And our, <laughs> Justin Aaron for writing everything. Yes, he won the category for best writer for Southern Bastards. Uh, but come on, he's doing Star Wars and so many other things. It's just ridiculous. The list goes on and on and on. But congratulations to Jason Aaron for his work on Southern Bastards, which is a phenomenal series. Go and buy that immediately. It's collected. Grab the floppies. Just do it. With Jason Aaron, Jason Latour, also snagging the award for Best Continuing Series. So very, very cool. And I just wanted to give props to them. So very cool that those were just announced, that those were the Academy Award winners, Eisner winners from the San Diego Comic-Con, so congratulations to those folks. I buy all your stuff, so just keep keep up the great work. Thank you very much. And I've just, this is just kind of a, something that's bouncing around in my nerd brain I've been thinking about lately with the announcement at San Diego Comic-Con of the Justice League trailer, the Wonder Woman trailer, the additional trailer of Doctor Strange, the Walking Dead Season 7 trailer. I've decided to just stay away from trailers for now. And I'm going to have to stay vigilant, stay focused. It's not easy. The internet just constantly throws those things in, in my face. I know I'll have no choice but to see still images because you just look and there they are. 
but I've decided that I'm gonna watch all those things anyway. I don't need any hype or help or any sort of nudge in any way whatsoever to seeing those things, so I'm going to stay away from them. So, no Justice League, no Wonder Woman, no no Doctor Strange, no Walking Dead. I'm just going to stay away from it. We'll see how it goes for now, but uh, I'm going to do it as sort of an experiment. I'm going to see how long I can hold out. I have a feeling that when I go see Suicide Squad on August 4th, Thursday, they're going to at least, of course, force the Wonder Woman trailer and Justice League trailer down my throat, but... I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to do my best to stay diligent and not see those trailers. So, also, wanted to say thank you to my friend Mike uh, Fontaine at uh, his podcast, My Haunt Life, and his website, myhauntlife.com, for giving me this very cool comic book journal that was actually distributed by... It's It's distributed by Archaea, and... It went out, they didn't circulate it forever, but it was, this one he gave me was from like August of 2008, this comic book journal. And it was very unique and interesting in that there were obituaries in it. There was a unique story about the political satire cartoonist in Hustler magazine that eventually uh, is in prison currently now for... Or all kinds of horrible things. <laughs> but he was a cartoonist for, with Hustler for a long time. There's an interesting article with Robert Kirkman about Marvel Zombies 2. Uh, around the time when when Walking Dead was still just kind of gaining ground. It wasn't the monster g- conglomerate. The monglomerate it is now. <laughs> so an interesting look into the past there. So very, very cool. If you look up just Comic Books Journal. And I'll send... A link, of course, I'll share this on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Sunspots Comics. But very cool, and thank you, Mike, for that very cool comic book journal going back in time to 2008. So very, very cool. And uh, another thing on my nerd brain is the Bruce Lee podcast. I am, as everyone who knows me knows, a strong supporter of podcasts and a huge, huge lover of Bruce Lee and all of his teachings and all of his his writings, his philosophy, his training, his just his inspirational words. Been a Bruce Lee fan since I was a teeny little kid. I had the haircut. I had the one-piece jumpsuits. I had the moves. I trained. I read. I absorbed as much as I could back before there was the internet and you had to scour the earth for documentaries, magazines, books, newspaper articles, whatever you could find. I, I was uh, just insatiably hungry for anything Bruce Lee back in the day and still up till now. And he's more to me than just my martial, one of my martial arts trainers. But as I said, he is a philosopher. He is an inspirational guide to me. And check out, just go to any of the, wherever you catch, uh, whatever your podcatcher you're using, uh, just put in Bruce Lee Podcast and you'll see it. It's actually uh, Shannon Lee, Bruce's daughter. So it's very cool. They're like three pods in. I've listened to them all. They're fantastic. It's just full of inspirational words and cool stories about Bruce Lee. And again, how uh, his philosophy is infused into their lives, Shannon and her guest. Uh, and it's very, very good. Please check it out. And it's just a, I mean, Jeet Kune Do was a book that just just trained me in so many ways, physically and mentally. I can't say thank you enough to Bruce Lee. And every day, it's sort of a little heartbreaking when I think of him that he's not with us. Either is his son, Brandon. But a big fan of Bruce Lee. Check out the Bruce Lee podcast. And the very, very last thing on my nerd brain that's just rambling around in there is I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. <laughs> I'm actually doing the uh, the writing, the coloring, the lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing the art. Please check out his Instagram, at Jordan Hudson, at 
Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is friggin' amazing. Thank you, Jordan, for doing the art on Zombie Destroyers. I also have the website, zombiedestroyers.com. So I posted uh, pages one through four there, little samples of it. So please check out Zombie Destroyers from time to time. I've just uh, also spent some some time finalizing my back into the lab. I'm actually writing pages 13 and 14. He's finalizing pages 11 and 12. I can't wait to get them. It's the back in the lab sequence that I worked on and it's just beautiful. So fantastic. Can't believe I'm actually doing it and uh, Zombie Destroyers hopefully, like I said, will be coming out uh, maybe next year sometime depending on how things go. So let's get uh, deeper into the podcast here and get into some comic book news. I actually have some comic book feel-good factoid freebie articles. And uh, the first one here is about, uh, it's from theguardian.com. And uh, titled, Mark Millar asks readers to follow his new superhero with hashtag one good deed. So this is pretty cool. I thought... Uh, that um, this is interesting and, and really just kind of warmed my nerd heart because he's kind of doing a pay it forward here and he wants to inspire people to do good deeds and then on social media use the has- hashtag one good deed. So check it out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. and see some of the things that have been done. It's very cool. It actually is a contest. He's going to be giving out and a piece of original art, a page of original art by Raphael Albuquerque <laughs> as a prize for your random act of kindness. So very, very cool. Trying to spread some positivity in the world. I like that. Very good, Mark Millar. Thank you. And check out hashtag one good deed. And the second uh, comic book feel good factoid freebie comes from newsarama.com. And it's announcing DC's Batman Day. So last year was awesome. I went to a bunch of libraries. I met Dustin Wynn at Batman Day and he signed a bunch of stuff and I hung out with him. And I met Jordan Hudson, my friend slash compadre on Zombie Destroyers at Batman Day. can't believe it's been that long it's been a year but all they've done so far is just basically announced that it's going to be september 17th which actually goes right along with if i believe uh yeah it's like long beach comic expo is that same weekend so it's kind of aligned with that very cool so more to come on that is batman day september 17th so write it down it's going to be special events special signings special screenings special batman giveaways all on September 17th, sponsored by DC, Batman Day. So write it on your calendar, folks. It's coming very, very soon. And I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. And next up, uh, or I guess the third and final comic book feel-good factoid freebie is from ArsTechnica.com. And it actually is titled, Google makes smartphone comic book reading easier with machine learning. Now, the big thing is that they're actually just, I've read the whole article, they're ultimately adding little zoom-in speech bubbles. So, as uh, as you all know, or maybe don't do or not, don't know, I'm not the biggest fan of reading comics digitally. I'm old-fashioned, that way I like the paper comic book experience. But maybe this is a little hope or a little move in the right direction. So, basically, there's going to be a setting. It's going to be on Android first uh, with whatever you're reading a comic on an Android device, it will have either a automatic pop-up setting where the speech bubbles and narrative bubbles just pop up or where you have to physically tap them and they just sort of zoom in and get larger. So that's kind of a move in the right direction, I feel, because you can sort of leave the artwork in its original aspect ratio to not get super pixelated when you zoom the whole picture in. And it also allows you to still use that peripheral vision when you're looking at a comic to see that image in your hindsight 
and I think that it, it gets closer to the paper experience at least, but at least I think it's hopeful and it's a move in the right direction. And of course they're going to be doing it for iOS after, they'll let Google sort of work out some of the guinea pig bugs, but I thought very, very cool. It's a move in the right direction, automatic or non-automatic zooming pop-up speech and narrative bubbles and there's kind of a of course i'll share all these articles on instagram twitter and facebook at sunspots comics so you can check it out but very nice so those are the three comic book feel good factoid freebies and actually have a what's that did you hear something that's right that's my spider sense tingling <laughs> anyway anyway that's uh, what it is. What What is that, uh, you ask? The craziness of a spy? Anyway, it's uh, an article that um, I think, belie- I believe, just takes us one step closer to superheroes becoming a reality in our lives. Well, this is uh, from uh, CBSNews.com, uh, titled here, Scientists Take a Step Closer to Making the Invisibility Cloak a Reality. That's right. Invisibility Cloak. Boy, you can see just so many superheroes and supervillains utilizing this technology, right? It could happen. People doing heroic things. I think it's possible. So, this research team, Queen Mary University of London, has taken the, which I've covered this a a while back, but they've taken the technology in a big step forward by actually, uh, it's kind of similar to how the J.K. Rowling's uh, book, The Harry Potter, uh, has um, the Harry Potter has that invisibility cloak that Harry uses. Um, it's similar in that, in that it, it bends light, it refracts light in a strange way, and it uses like uh, frequencies, electronic, electromagnetic frequencies to hide uh, images and bend the reflection. And this is actually taking it sort of seven steps forward um, that uh, they've, they've considered this a major leap and the applications of, the, of this, they say, are going to be limitless. Can you imagine? Just being able to buy this sort of fiber that makes you invisible. I mean, how is that going to affect the modern military moving forward? Right? Black ops, deep black ops teams with with invisibility material. I mean, uh, wow. I can just imagine the things. But anyway, kind of cool. It gets sciencey here, but very, very cool that the invisibility cloak is becoming a reality, getting closer. Maybe, isn't that weird to think? Maybe in the next few years they'll have maybe have mastered that technology and it could be implicated. Who knows if the general public will ever see it or if it's just for supervillains that break into the laboratories. But who knows? <laughs> so there you go. That's my one Spider Sense Tingling article. So there you go. So now let's move on to my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my review, my comic book reviews and recommendations where I pick my favorite comic books, tell you all about them from uh, New Comic Book Day, July 20th. And man, what a big week it was. And before I get rolling in there, spoiler alert, of course. I try not to waste and destroy and give you everything. I've been pretty good at that. I've definitely harnessed my powers. uh, I'm just trying to really harness my powers of persuasion by inspiring you to go out and buy these comics. So I don't want to just spoil them for you. But uh, you have been warned, I especially leave the last few pages alone. So you're safe in that regard, or only just tease about them. But uh, every week I find, I, I feel like I'm getting a little better, and I'm always striving to get a little better with that, um, just inspiring you and not spoiling all these comic books. So that you'll go out and buy them at a local comic book shop. So, also if you want to see the stuff in the past, the big lists, to take a look at everything I've, I've read, to take a look at everything I'm reading, from my favorite picks, all the way back to May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com and click on pull list to see the 104 titles I'm currently reading. 
click on top comic books of the week to see all the past top picks and I recently just spent some time like updating it compacting it simplifying it uh, so I'm super proud of sunspotscomics.com so please just check it out from time to time and I picked uh, a art winner like I always do and a cover art winner this week and the art winner goes to Jorge Jimenez uh, from Superman Rebirth number three and I was surprised. Some, uh, I actually, um, the Podcast 59, I picked uh, Patrick Gleason, who won uh, Artist of the Week for issue number one of, Sun, of Superman Rebirth. And I was surprised that this wasn't Patrick Gleason, but it looks very similar to his work, but also his own style, a little unique edging and a little different way that he acts like kinetically with speed. And I thought, wow, this is amazing because quite often... When you see an artist that sort of steps in for someone else, it's jarring. And these are bi-weeklies, um, Superman Rebirth. So there's no way that Patrick Leeson could get you to could stay caught up with this, a bi-weekly release. Unless he started drawing this, you know, a year and a half ago, which hopefully he did, because you gotta look at Patrick Leeson's art. But anyway, George Jimenez, Jorge Jimenez, uh, he is um, his work is amazing here. It's beautiful, it's gorgeous. And actually, the cover uh, of uh, the cover winner of the week is Superman Rebirth number three, and it's uh, it's given credit to Gleason Gray Kaliz. So it is Patrick Gleason. There is even a, a little PAT in the Eradicator's thumb on the bottom right of the cover, and it's gorgeous. Some crazy colors. It's the Eradicator, the reflection off of his sun visor <laughs> of you can see Lois and Superman and John there. And a moment of action slash terror as the Eradicator comes from them. It's just iconic. It's so the colors are just beautiful. They're amazing. You got to give uh, props to Alejandro Sanchez, who's colored them all, and he's covered colored the cover. I would say he's he's half the winner here because his colors are just so vibrant and they really pop and they're gorgeous to look at. So special mention to Alejandro Sanchez doing color on Superman Rebirth. So if you haven't picked up Superman Rebirth, do. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. It's iconic. It's father-son stuff. So check it out. But those are the art uh, winner and the art cover winner. And this week I bought 21 comics. Crazy. Very extra large. Uh, 10 of them made it to the favorite pick list, which was almost that 50%. It was right there. And uh, man, it's it's been about three or four weeks in a row that the pull list has been 15, 18, 21 comics. It seems like it's just on a roll these last few weeks, and they've been really good. It hasn't been a last four or five weeks where like, whoa, I'm spending a ton of money, and man, it's kind of not worth it. They were fantastic reads. They have been consistent and solid, and I'm just so glad that uh, the pull list that I put together, uh, painstakingly put together, is paying off. Also, there were five new number ones this week. And it was Avatar X, Black Hammer, 4001 AD, The Hunt, and Snot Girl. And three of them made it to the top picks, which is pretty good. Three out of five to make it to the top picks of brand new number ones. And I'll tell you which three they are here shortly. I'll unveil that. But uh, I thought, not bad. Not bad for three of the five new number ones to make it to the top pick list, which there were ten. So here we go. Without further ado, let's break it down. Let's get into it. Here are the top, my top, my favorite, my comic book recommendations for New Comic Book Day, July 20th. So here we go. Coming in at number 10 from Marvel Comics is Black Widow, number five. This is uh, Mark Wade, 
uh, Chris Samney. And man, gorgeous work by Chris Samney. He's consistent. This is definitely the action-packed winner of the week. I mean, it's just so full of just espionage, secret spy deliciousness. I mean, everyone is a triple agent. Uh, they're all double-crossing each other. It's just like a day-to-day occurrence of double-cross. And uh, Black Widow is looking to get this important shield file. We really don't know what's in it. Maybe it's this ledger of hers or another piece of that ledger that the weeping lion is blackmailing her to do their dastardly deeds or they're going to go public with her journal, her, her red ledger. So she meets up with an agent here and there's just a lot of tension that's built in this meeting. There's long uh, looks from, from high-powered rifle scopes. They're just, you know, uh, awkward glances in a, in a cafe and it's just uh, shadowy and espionage and it's just fun and I, I can't I'm just surprised every single week they're consistent and it's just a blast and the action just kicks into a level 10 here but uh, you do have a, a moment here where you see that the weeping lion this uh, this hooded figure that is the bad guy here that's blackmailed black widow has a shadowy figure sitting in a chair in the dark that is actually the mastermind behind this and plans to just unveil this 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 red ledger of of Natasha's to the world so <laughs> things go wrong in this exchange she's trying to pick up this file there's some like I said there's double crossing here people aren't who they say they are uh, it's uh, it's back and forth it's crazy are they going to hand off this file will they get it will shield get it will she get it shields on their trail it's just it's like that, folks. You got to read it. It's an easy read, very minimal dialogue, but still consistently fun, action-packed. And I think that's the word of the day, espionage <laughs> But check it out. Coming in at number nine is a Clean Room, number 10. And this is written by Gail Simone, art by uh, Davis Hunt. And this is, got to give props to the colorist, Quentin Winter. Just a whole ton of pink in here, pink and orange. If you like pink and orange, this is for you. But Clean Room is, man, it, it, this particular issue centers around our main character, Astrid. It's kind of the aftermath of her being shot by her brother at like a book seminar because she made this book ultimately that will either allow you and reveal these alien demons on the earth that are trying to take over the planet or for some reason it does something weird in your brain and you will kill yourself. <laughs> So yeah, no upside really of reading this book. <laughs> it's supposed to be some sort of inspirational uh, Tom Robbins kind of book, but you either see aliens or you kill yourself by reading this book. Crazy. And the clean room has been something we haven't uh, it hasn't been the center on this particular issue. It's not. It's the clean room is where the alien demons cannot hide themselves. And Astrid, uh, again, the author of this book has control over this clean room but she's been shot it's affecting her mentally and physically she kind of maybe thinks that she will bounce and that's what the primary focus of this is but there's a draw like a jaw-dropping ending that i don't want to spoil here and uh and the visual of it is just uh, insane so hang in there to the end and stay with clean room it's been fantastic but this also has this this main uh, like the the sergeant or top-notched bodyguard here that uh, may uh, that's supporting Astrid that may not be me he may have a separate agenda due to being blackmailed 
So there is definite some complex drama in this. And again, like I said, holy smokes, folks, hang in there for this jaw-dropping ending visual. Oh, man. But there's some complex relationships here. There is that uh, character who is now has sort of a new boyfriend. That's this policeman that her uh, ex-fiance uh, killed himself after reading the book. So she's sort of a piece that's trying to uncover things and get involved. And she sort of steps back in this, but still you're invested into her. And that's the character I find myself rooting for. So just very good. Check it out. That is Clean Room number 10. Fantastic work. It's been a top pick for a long time. And number eight is one of the new number ones. It is from Dark Horse Comics, Black Hammer, written by Jeff Lemire, who's doing all kinds of stuff. And I love Jeff Lemire's work. And art by Dean Ormston. Got to give colors uh, the props to colorist Dave Stewart, who's a... A master class colorist and black hammer uh, so what would happen if a super team with this super team leader died and the team had to go into hiding somewhere in the Midwest like on a farm well that's what this is <laughs> um, it, it does have that essence of the series by Mark Millar uh, legacy and it uh, Jupiter legacy it has that sort of feel to it with characters you sort of compare to oh that's like superman oh that's like this this has a little bit more of that bprd sort of super team they're a little sort of out there with with names like abraham slam colonel weird talkie walkie barbalian i like that one the warlord from mars kind of uh john jones if you will uh golden gale uh madam dragonfly and of course the deceased black hammer now we don't know why this is a great little mystery kind of hero superhero mystery comic they've said they've put together here and i like that and it's shocking right from the get-go when you see this 10 year old girl like smoking and having some very adult dialogue you're like okay is there an adult trapped in this girl's body and what are her powers exactly there is a and there's more to that of course uh in the, in the further pages after the first sequence and there's a lot of previously on and a lot of sort of origin story jammed, crammed into this because there's a team of all those names I just listed off. But it's done in some unique uh, kind of a variety of different ways. And I really, really like that. I highly recommend it for that aspect alone. It's just kind of their previously on and how they tell that their little tale in sort of different ways. It's just fun. And it goes by so quick and easy. Not heavy dialogued. And then things get like super complicated after that second sequence where Abe Slam is like dating a recently divorced woman in this small town. So it seems like they can kind of wander around this small town, but you're not exactly sure. Jeff is just just tickling our butts with a feather on this one. He's just giving us enough to be interested, but not really telling us what everything is going on. And this divorced woman's ex, because it looks like the divorce is fresh, who happens to be the town sheriff, is not a fan of Abe Slam uh, moving in on his ex-wife. So there's some complexity there. And the 10-year-old and the, uh, sure, the adult trapped in the 10-year-old body is out sort of doing teenage angsty things, like why... Uh, and stealing stuff, uh, you know, isn't that person an adult trapped in that body, but you're not really sure. Anyway, ton of stuff here, lot to chew on. Uh, are they going to stay in hiding? Uh, what's going to happen? Are they allowed to move around this town? But stay tuned, right? Stay tuned, kids. We'll see. <laughs> so coming in at number seven is DC Comics Batman Rebirth, number three, written by Tom King, art by David Finch. And this is the origin of Gotham, dude, and 
Gotham chick? <laughs> no. Uh, I think it's Gotham man and Gotham girl? Or woman? I'm not sure. But anyway, the brother-sister Gotham <laughs> that seem to have Superman Kryptonian-like powers. And this is their origin, which is just very good. I don't want to blow it all, but I can tell you it's just so nice to see the... That's something so positive, so opposite of Bruce, of Bruce's origin, of Batman's origin, because they're ultimately inspired by Batman's heroics and, and positive acts that he does in saving families and people in dark alleys <laughs> in Gotham. They don't really still explain how the Gotham kids, the Gotham Wonder Twins, got their powers. They're flying around. They're super strong. They're... they're Bridges are falling and they're they're holding them up, but I'm sure soon they'll explain how the Gotham twins got their powers. And then you get thrown some awesome bat tech, and uh, I love it. There's a bat motorcycle action scene that's just awesome in this sequence. Uh, it's enough to buy the comic alone by some of the cool tech here. I don't want to totally blow it, so it's kind of a surprise, but check out the bat tech. But I'm really, really enjoying this fresh new Bat story, these brand new Bat characters. This uh, just, just I'm excited to to Bat read this every Bat week. <laughs> it's Bat-tastic. <laughs> so anyway, check out Batman Rebirth. Good, good stuff. Number six uh, from Archaea Comics, a floppy, which is crazy, right? They mostly do hardcover collections from Archaea Comics. The Joiners, written by R.J. Ryan. And illustrated by David Marquez. Beautiful work here. Simplistic style. Clean lines. Realistic, but then blended with this cartoony imagery. Like the main character, you don't see a line written on his mouth very often. So it has this sort of cartoony yet creepy feel. I really love that. So the art is gorgeous on this. You have to check out this Archaea title. And this, in a nutshell, is like the rated R life of George Jetson. Like set in like a realistic tone in the near future. It's just very interesting. There's not a ton, there's not really a likable character in this, I would say. Except for, <clears throat> except for maybe the like adorable autistic daughter, maybe. Because she just seems to be innocent in this. And this is a story about divorce. This is a story about narcissism. This is a story about science. This is like George Jetson, but he is like more on the side of like Steve Jobs and there are similar sort of housing complexes that they live in that are very Jetson-like style and I love that. Um, this focuses around this this nanny that has maybe a possible devious agenda. Mr. Jetson here, Mr. Joyner, is going through a divorce. His wife took some of the kids and he's just there trying not to get into trouble but uh, there's uh, this nanny that he finds attractive and way under his age and he is sort of creepily watching her and you kind of find out quickly that maybe this nanny has like her own devious agenda and uh, and she knows that he fools around uh, on his wife and she kind of plans to exploit that. She gets him involved in picking up her boyfriend at this at the competitor's science lab because he's ultimately invented this hover vest that you put it on and it works with magnets or something. They don't totally get into the technology but it's going to be allowing people to just fly instead of having to use vehicles ultimately and uh and so she her boyfriend has has is beaten up by like the ceo of mr joiner's uh, main competition so interesting there and there's this hilarious sequence here that i just totally laughed out loud uh that it's sort of a, a they it 
the way that the the buildings are designed, like the Jetson family buildings, if you can imagine, they're just thousands of feet, you know, above the ground. And in Mr. Joyner's house, they've assembled this giant treadmill that just protrudes out of the out of the building, and it's thousands of feet above the ground, not even not even bubble tubed over the top of it. <laughs> so yeah, what happens if your two, if your shoelaces get? I mean, it's funny they still have shoelaces in the future, but they have these hundred foot treadmills that protrude out of these buildings that are thousands of feet off the ground. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought that was that was funny, but. Heavy stuff here. Complex. Divorce. Like I said, narcissism. Crazy scientist. Rated R Jetsons. George Jetson kind of story. And uh, But it's a lot of fun and it's interesting and unique. So check out the joiners. I'm really enjoying it. Coming in at number five uh, from IDW is Tales from the Dark Side number two. Now this is the home run team here of Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez that did the Lock and Key series, which is multi-acclaimed, multi-Eisner winning team right there, folks. So check out Lock and Key and check out Tales from the Dark Side. This is most definitely the scary slash frightening slash creepy winner of the week comic right here. Uh, Maybe even a smidge on the quirky side too. And this quickly, like, immediately hit me with this, like, 80s warm and fuzzy Goonies goodness. And then just sort of kicks you in the scrotal zone with horror. <laughs> and it's just like, they make you feel all good and then boom, to the shorties. But this is kind of like, what would it be like if Harry Potter lived in, like, a realistic, like, if this were like a realistic rated R drama setting of Harry Potter, right? A boy who could see weird things and do strangely horrible magical things. Like, how would a person's life really be if he couldn't control that power? It'd be more of a curse, right? That's kind of the way the concept of this comic is. And I really like that concept. Uh, His power centers around, this main character, his power centers around who he calls this sort of demonic, ghostly vision. He calls him Big Winner which he does sort of mischievous, evil, magical things to sort of help our main character, but not really. Like, it does more damage where he's losing jobs, and he's sad, and he, it seems like he's, he's considering suicide. He can't control his Harry Potter-like powers. Weird things happen. People that, that cross him, people that do him wrong, uh, people that just, that he likes, strange things will like, butterflies will just, a million butterflies will fly out of a book. And it shows his childhood, it's, it's deeply disturbing. <laughs> it shows that as an adult he can't keep jobs and he and he there's drinks and alcohol and pills and he just has this sort of messed up life. But it's just sort of interesting. You can't help but feel bad for the guy and root for him. And he is approached by this medical facility called Brighterside that does some experimental brain surgery and they they sort of know everything. Like, it's way too convenient that they know everything about this guy's power and how he's lived his life. And they want to help him and give him this brain surgery for free. But he's worried about what will happen. Will this... So that's that's the that's a nutshell in it. That's why you got to see it. Because is, is he going to have this surgery? Is it going to let this big winner loose? Will it give him control of his powers? And then it ends up being more of a superhero story. But the, the promise of this, the sort of interesting... The fork in the road here where he could go for this could kind of go four or five different directions. I mean, it's set in the tone of Tales from the Dark Side, so I'm sure it's not going to go too good, but it's a, a nice layout of writing and gives you enough to where you really kind of believe they've set the right tone for that a few different things may happen here. And you are most definitely rooting 
for our main character. So check it out. It's uh, this one's going to continue. Last uh, Tales of the Dark Side issue number one was a encapsulated single stand on its own one shot issue. This actually tells you it will continue, and I don't want to tell you what happens here towards the end. But I really enjoyed it, and of course, this team, come on now, the acclaimed team here of Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. I really, really super enjoyed this, and it's creepy, and dark, and dramatic, and a little bit heavy, but fantastic. <laughs> so check out Tales from the Dark Side. And coming in at number four from Marvel Comics is Star Wars number 21. can't believe we're on 21 already. But this is centered around these elite stormtroopers, and... I tell you, it's uh, the new artist here, George Molina, is amazing. Gorgeous, beautiful. He does action so well. Very dark. It seems like it takes Star Wars to a, another color palette of very dark coloring. It really stands out. And I love that, especially like sort of the explosions and these dark backgrounds. Uh, the light and the dark. Very awesome contrast done here. So gorgeous, gorgeous work. He has right in that middle of realistic and cartoony style. I love it. And... So this is kind of cool. This, this, uh, this is I love this because it's like a larger scale um, for for Star Wars. It's branching out here, showing this this elite group of stormtroopers on various missions, just kicking ass. <laughs> and uh, crazy shocker here, folks. These stormtroopers hit stuff. That's right. <laughs> they actually hit their targets. Crazy. <laughs> it's nice to see stormtroopers doing that. I particularly love the uh, early sequence where this. Purple tentacled monster grabs the Sarge, Sergeant of the ES-1, I'll call it, and just pulls him into this sludgy swamp. And the team is like, whoa, 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 don't save the Sarge. Let's just see how he handles this. Let's see if he can uh, pull his own here, because he's kind of newly anointed into this Sarge position. So I love the writing sequence here where it says sort of, well, let's see if he can prove himself or... Maybe we wait for him to die. <laughs> I thought, wow, very, very good. It's adding some sort of a very complex design to this team. I like that. Where they're kind of one man for themselves, but team-oriented. So uh, there's not heavy, intense sort of storyline plot here. It's just sort of this, I love it. It's the setting of the of the stage here, introducing this elite Storm Stooper squad and some of the weaponry they use is a bit of a surprise. I don't want to spoil it. Some of the internet has, but very, very cool as to what kind of weaponry this elite stormtrooper team is is using, and they hit stuff right on the uh, right on the the right between the eyes. Yeah, <laughs> they can do that. Very cool. So check that out. Coming in at number three. So here we go. Top three of the of the ten. Right there. Top three. So here we go. Coming in at number three from Valiant Comics. 4001 AD, issue number one. Another number one that made it. Fantastic sub. That's two of the three number ones. This is by art by Matt Kent and... Uh, no, uh, written by Matt Kent and art by Clayton Crane. And Clayton Crane has done a lot of the Carnage series and Venom. And his art is so hyper-detailed. It's gorgeous. There are a ton of lines. This looks like it took forever. It's complex. you got to... Stop and kind of look at each panel to kind of figure out what's happening here because it's a just filled with lines and very complex art. But I love that it uh, it's not dialogue heavy, which they balance that nicely because this could really be difficult to read and heavy and 
sort of take a super long time if it were both these complex pieces of art and heavy, heavy dialogue that was difficult to follow. That's not it. It balances this properly. And this is kind of a, a surprise last minute addition. I got my very last Loot Crate. Sorry, Loot Crate. Bye-bye. Um, on Saturday. And it was in this last box uh, from Loot Crate. And I didn't expect it to be that good. It, it's not on my pull list. Uh, but hey, it was in this box. And I grabbed it. And I'm glad I did because it was great. They really have some fun in this world. And you can totally feel it. This is ultimately stepping forward to 4001. Where Japan, this centers around the character uh, Rai, uh, and it centers around him. He is like this artificial intelligence robot. He's kind of like the Vision in a way, but in a more samurai-style Vision. <laughs> and Japan is this floating metallic fortress that floats um, above the Earth uh, in the atmosphere, in space, uh, right around the edge of space. And it uh, is run by this artificial intelligence giant robot named Father. And Father has decided that they have to eliminate segments of the population. <laughs> that uh, he believes they'll overthrow him. He believes that uh, Father has to do this to control society. So it's about control and it's about this, this higher entity, this, this government that believes they're all powerful, all-knowing. It's dictator-like uh, feel to it. And Rai is uh, uh, like on the ground. He has uh, a, some help with this large uh, man that is carrying kind of an axe that is very simple style of speech in a kind of a weird accent where they are trying to find this giant exo mech and uh, gorgeously drawn I absolutely love the way they draw this exo mech and they refer to it as like it was from the exo wars so what happened there but they've been resting for a millennia so kind of interesting that they ultimately have to hurry. The father is dropping segments of this of of these these small towns, these metal towns in the space station. He's just dropping them from space, and, and they're burning through the atmosphere and killing tons of people. And they, the clock is ticking here, and they're really trying to get to this exo giant mech to help fight. Father Rai will try to do his best to save the day here. So I really really enjoyed it. I was really thoroughly surprised. They did a great job of summing up kind of what happened before in some of the other Valiant titles to really bring you up to speed. I was really happy with that in this very Japanese-style old parchment paper where they sum up sort of what happened. Well done, and it brings you right up to speed. And that doesn't happen very often, folks, right? You read these previously ons, and you're still lost. But this really made me understand exactly what's going on. I didn't feel lost in any way. And I tell you, there's one particular segment of Japan that's floating in space where you're, where you're allowed to hunt dinosaurs. Awesome, right? <laughs> and it looks fantastic. They visit that briefly. I kind of wish they'd stay in that world a little bit more to see where they can hunt dinosaurs, but very, very cool. And the whole part on Earth is just like three dudes on a road trip. Like, I really enjoyed that, and I wanted more of it. So I'm, I'm going to add this to the pull list, and we're going to see where number two brings us. So I really, really dug that. That's my number three. And coming in at number two is the third and final brand new number one. And it's from Graphic India is the publisher. And it's Avatar X. Avatar X by, yeah. And it's uh, Destroyer of Darkness. Uh, created and written by Grant Morrison. That's right. And interesting that he's popped over to this publication. I think it's his first work here from this publisher, but I could be wrong. Art by Jeevan, Jivan J. King. And 
the art is ridiculous. The colors really have a clean and super polished look. Uh, it's set in India and in, in, in kind of in space. Again, this sort of metal space station. And it has a unique design and layout there, just very refreshing. I wish I sort of knew more about the Indian culture. I'm sure it sort of ties to that. There's nods to it with a lot of the symbols, the animal symbols that are used. And uh, and there's this giant hulking figure in a in a like a tube filled with green liquid. I mean, who doesn't love a large blue-skinned man in a tube filled with green liquid? Come on, all comics should like start with that, right? <laughs> I just love. How also when this green this this blue skin figure steps out of his his green tube and this liquid gold just sort of forms into his armor. It's very kind of Terminator T two thousand kind of feel or you know Iron Man and uh, it's it together smashed together. But and I could I just I know there's there's a lot of symbols and sort of art with animals that just feels like it has this. Indian culture tied to it, so I kind of wish I knew a little bit more. I might have to, who knows, do a little Googling. And uh, it definitely uh, pays pays homage to that. And this style that they use, this this kind of ethereal blue, green, and pink, really have this like awesome space galactic feel and setting. It's just all gorgeous. But ultimately, this is just a tease. You're really just kind of getting an introduction to this crazy character that is in this space station in space. He breaks out of this crazy green liquid goop tube. And he's very sort of Thor-like in his language, but he's kind of talking to himself or this computer. And he's getting ready to make his descent to Earth. And he he's, feels like he's awakened because this great evil is now going to threaten and try to destroy Earth. And so he's sort of been summoned, but he feels like he's this, it has this feeling where he's this om, omnipotent, you know, godlike Thor meets something character. <laughs> and he has to save the planet. And you're just sort of briefly introduced to a, a set of characters in India where this uh, where Avatar X will maybe imbue his power into a human to just be more human like the uh, the objective of uh, this Avatar X is to actually sort of humble himself and imbue his power into a normal person in India but it looks like it's sort of the future with the way the technology is laid out and I tell you, it just, like I said, has this great galactic space feel. It has like a, you know, this sort of Thor-like presence. And what's going to happen here? It's just, it's some good writing. Sometimes uh, Mr. Morrison can lead you in an area that at, at first is a little confusing and then later on he pans it out. This is sort of, I, I would think, a little more simple structure and design for him, but I loved it. It was fantastic. And I'm a sucker for blue. And this is 92.75% blue. <laughs> All of it. So it's just great. And even the back here, I love the little saying, darkness shrouds the earth, but dawn is on its way. Like, just heavy. And all blue. Blue and white. A lot of it. So there you go. There's my number two. But number one, the number one, my favorite pick of the week, right here for New Comic Book Day, July 20th, is Superman Rebirth. Number three. And again, it's the art winner. Uh, fantastic, gorgeous art, which again, like I, I was surprised that it's not Patrick Gleason, but the the art uh, from uh, George, uh, what's his last name? Jimenez, there it is. <laughs> again, the art, the, the credit page is not on the front page, which bugs me sometimes when it's not there. And the, the cover, uh, giving credit to Patrick Gleason, uh, Gray and Kaliz, they don't say the first names there. But you can, as I said, see P-A-T, Pat, in the thumb of the Eradicator on the cover. 
But again, gorgeous color work, Alejandro Sanchez. It's out of this world gorgeous, the colors here. And this is uh, also written by Peter Tomasi. And I can't say enough stuff about this comic. It is just absolutely gorgeous. You have to see Superman Rebirth. And uh, again, pick number one, or issue number one, was pick of the week four weeks ago on podcast issue 59. Check it out there if you want to hear a little breakdown of issue number one. The art is spectacular. The color is so bright and just wonderfully blended. Uh, we get to see like a fresh new rendition of the Fortress of Solitude. It's kind of interesting in its shape and design. Uh, the new Eradicator is creepy. He's I, I love, uh, he's cool also looking, and he has that all black skin. I just love that. And he still has the, uh, like he's 90 year old, uh, the 90 year old kind of visor <laughs> that he wears, sun blocker. But uh, <laughs> I love it, and it's kind of funny at the same time. But the action really leaps off the page here. They've got some amazing panel structure, unique design, so interestingly symmetrical. I love that uh, it, it's kind of a complicated way of what happens here, that the Eradicator, you feel he's going to be a villain, but as Superman and the Eradicator are fighting, he saves Lois and John from this falling debris in the building because they're in the Fortress of Solitude fighting. It's just gorgeous. It's iconic. And then you get a little backstory of sort of how the Eradicator came to be, and they introduce Zod here. And this visual visual sequence of Zod is truly stunning. I really hope we get to see this rendition of Zod because it's gorgeous. It is amazing. And even Superdog is here, and he's intervening into this fight. Uh... How's Superdog going to do? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say. But John is just awakening from falling out of a tree. So his powers sort of go up and down. There's times where he has like Omega level heat beams coming from his eyes. And then other times where John, uh, son of Kal-El, son of Clark, will fall out of a tree and sort of go unconscious. So they decide to take him to Fortress of Solitude to see what's going on with his DNA and his blood. And the Eradicator who pops up there says, that's what I must eradicate the human DNA and your son, John. And it's like, okay, we're going to have words and super fists start to super fly, but uh, <laughs> super fly. But um, it's ton of reds. It's gorgeous. It's iconic. It's heroic. The close-ups on Clark's face when he is afraid that Lois and John are going to get smashed. Uh, it, it, it gets you emotionally because he does such fantastic eye work here and facial expressions. But I was super surprised that George Jimenez, this artist, uh, can maintain the tone, the level, the beautiful artistic lines of Patrick Leeson's work. I say hats off because it was not jarring. This is bi-weekly, folks. So to maintain this, to keep it going, I knew it had to be amazing for me to keep on a bi-weekly title at three bucks, which it delivers that, folks. It's an amazing comic. You got to see what happens. It's a cliffhanger ending. Uh, who gets involved in the fight? This little flashback to see Zod and the Eradicator sort of origin. It's all fun. It's gorgeous. It's that Superman like series that I've wanted for so long. It's like it's here. Finally, some good Superman stories. So check it out. Those are my recommendations. Those are all the 10. Crazy. That was fun, right? <laughs> so those are my recommendations. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy these immediately. They are all worth your money. Trust me. And if you'd like to send an email into the show, just send it to chris at sunspotscomics.com. And if I choose your email and discuss it on a podcast, I will send you a free comic book prize as a personal thank you from me. 
So send me an email, chris at sunspotscomics.com. And uh, we'll be uh, starting up a newsletter very soon. That's going to be coming, so please sign up at sunspotscomics.com slash contact. It's just going to be a fun little thing. Hey, maybe this is what's going on with Zombie Destroyers, or this is uh, just some of my links to the show and some of the things I talk about, like comic book feel-good, factoid freebies, etc. And please tune in next week for issue number 65 of the podcast, where I'll be reading 18 comics next week. Next week, So again, another... This is like four or five weeks in a row where I'm somewhere between 15 to 21 comics. So heavy-duty weeks with a lot of top picks. And that's uh, also three new number ones are coming out next week. So I hope to check those out. I hope my local comic book shop has them so I can check them out. And then hopefully buy them and then tell you about them so that you can go buy them. And lastly, of course, please, uh, from the words of, of my mentor, one of my most important mentors in my life, Bruce Lee, empty your mind. Be shapeless, formless. That's right. Be water, my friends. Be water. Catch you later. Bye-bye. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same, for the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow, where look no further friends, the adventure never ends. We will save the world somehow. It's Sunspots Comics now.